ready to rise above loud, angry headlines, longing for an alternative to the world's fighting and fear-mongering? Christianity Today magazine offers a trustworthy, faithful perspective on stories that matter to you, from the church next door to movements and ministries all around the world. Subscribe to CT for full access to in-depth reporting, insightful commentary, and redemptive storytelling, both online and in print. A subscription to CT also includes seasonal devotionals, special issues, and exclusive content. Visit orderct.com today or click the link in the show notes to get started and join a growing community of thoughtful evangelical Christians who value different news that makes a difference. That's orderct.com to subscribe today. Welcome to Questions and Ethics with Russell Moore, where we apply the gospel of the kingdom to cultural issues and your questions about the Christian life. And now, here's your host. Hello, this is Russell Moore, and this is Questions and Ethics, the program where we take your questions about moral and ethical issues and answer them, or try to answer them, through the lens of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And the question that I have today is from Andre, and Andre says, Dr. Moore, what can a lay Christian do to become well-versed in ethics? And that's a, that's a really good question, and the, the answer that I'm going to give to you is not so much a, a list of books to read, although it's, it's always good to read books. I think the most important thing sounds obvious, but it's really not, and that is to be well-versed in the Scriptures. To, to know the Bible here. And I don't mean that you need to go and learn Greek and Hebrew. I mean knowing your English Bible really well. There are a lot of Christians who know specific proof texts, but they don't know how to understand the whole fabric of the Scriptures to be able to, to inhabit the world of the Scriptures and to be able to see how those things apply to ethical issues and, and moral issues that are happening uh, in your life, including those that aren't easily proof textable or those that, uh, that seem to be new. I mean, we, we live in a time where because of technology, there are all sorts of ethical issues that we haven't had to think about before, but they're really not new. There's nothing new under the sun, uh, the scriptures tell us, but there's just new applications of old principles. So for instance, one of the things that I have to, to answer a lot from parents is what do I do about an iPhone or an Android phone, smartphone, for my uh, preteen or, or young teenage son or daughter? Now, that's a question that we can answer, but it's the sort of question that, frankly, 15 years ago, if you had described that question and described what a smartphone is, it would have sounded like science fiction to be able to do all of this on one little brick-like device that you have. And if we were to try to speculate about the sorts of questions that people are going to have to address uh, within the church in the next 15 years or the next 20 years, uh, what do we do with artificial intelligence? How do we think about that child in vacation Bible school who was cloned? Those are questions that, that may seem science fiction-ish to us right now, but they're really dealing with very old, ancient issues 
being brought to the forefront in a in a new way. Uh, the second thing I would say is to develop a an understanding of human nature. And I think that means listening and developing empathy for people in different situations from the situation that you find yourself in uh, right now. I mean, frankly, one of the things that I miss the most since I've been here as president of the ERLC is uh, counseling. Sometimes people say, do you, do you miss life in, in the academy? I really don't because I get to do uh, so much of that. What I miss is when I was serving in a pastoral role at a church, and then also in, in my function at the seminary, is there would be every day people who are coming in in crisis situations, and I'm, I'm counseling them, them through that. And it helped me to learn to understand and to develop empathy for people in situations that I just don't have to face, people who have different points of of vulnerability or different points of suffering from the points of vulnerability or suffering that I have. So when I'm talking to that uh, widower who's who's lonely after the death of his his wife, I've never been through that, but in, in talking to him and ministering to him, now I pay attention to that more. To, to people who are who are lonely because of death of a loved one, when I'm dealing with someone who is facing some particular temptation that I've I've never faced, talking to compulsive gamblers or talking to people who are addicted to prescription drugs, I no longer caricature those things. I, I pay attention to how does someone find himself or find herself in that situation. Now, you may not be in a situation where you're counseling people. Uh, at least not in, in any formal sense, but you can still pay attention to the struggles that people have to help you to understand human nature, which helps you to understand yourself. I remember there would be many times when I would counsel someone. I remember talking one time with a uh, husband and wife, and the husband was having an extramarital affair, and he was sitting in my office justifying why what he was doing isn't wrong. And he's sitting there, they had a little baby who was probably six weeks old in a car seat on the floor. And I'm thinking, guy, how can you do this? Don't you see the the pain in your wife? Don't you see your child? Why would you walk away from all of this? And when he left, I realized, what are those areas in my own life that I don't see? Those those areas that, that everybody else would be able to say, why can't you see this, but I can't? It helps you to develop that sense of awareness uh, to some degree that you might not have before. And then I would say also, reading good literature, uh, especially fiction, is actually more important than keeping up with current events. Not to say it's not important to keep up with current events, but I think that reading good fiction can help you to get inside the minds of people different from you in a way that that is more significant than simply knowing here's what this group of talking heads and that group of talking heads are saying about this particular issue that's going on right now. And so that would be uh, the, the main things that I would say that you can do to immediately start developing uh, a sense of becoming more, more well-versed in ethics. What's your question? Send it to me at questions at erlc.com. Maybe something you're reading about in the Bible or maybe something you're facing at your workplace or in your neighborhood or in your family. And send it to me and we'll try to answer it here on Questions and Ethics. Till next time, this is Russell Moore. 
If you'd like to submit a question, email us at questions at ERLC.com. That's questions at ERLC.com. Or on Twitter and Facebook, use the hashtag AskRDM. Thanks for listening to the Questions and Ethics podcast with Russell Moore. To check out future broadcasts, subscribe via iTunes or visit us on ERLC.com. Every day, CT testifies to the reality that Jesus is alive, transforming his world and bringing his kingdom to bear. Jesus transforms, CT equips. Make a gift to our nonprofit ministry with a gift of $20 to provide 150 more people with redemptive storytelling, global perspective, and thoughtful podcasts. Give now at morect.com equip.